This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Why am I going to continue to make an effort when you constantly say snide things behind my back? I feel poor Candace. You know, I have been a victim of that gang banging. When you all, you know, gang up on a person to break them and make them submit, it's, it's pathetic it, and it looks cruel. I'm not going to engage you. When you have an audience. You have an audience too. Is this a dinner for Ashley or a Candace attack? Because it's been, if it's that, it's dinner for Ashley, then let's talk about Ashley. It's in my past the damn alcohol. Where is it? All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be talking Potomac, and I wanted to have someone join me this week. And so we have Moni from Mixing with Moni. Uh, she's on the line. Moni, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm so glad we were sort of meeting over the phone, but I feel like we're internet buddies. Yeah, it's, it's like cosmic. It was supposed to happen. So, I mean, in, in this quarantine, corona time, this is how we're all meeting. We're all becoming BFFs over the phone. Right, right. And I'm so excited to talk about Potomac. I'm loving Potomac. But before we dive into that, I just kind of want to know a little bit about your history with the Housewives. I know you have a podcast called Mixing with Mani. Um, but tell me, like, what do you watch all the franchises? Where are you standing with Bravo currently? Yeah, I watch everything a long time ago. I have the I invented the mantra of I give everything Bravo a try once, right? Mm-hmm. Because so many of their things have steered me in the right direction and have caused obsessions. But wait, can, um, I, did not can I stop you? Can I stop you for yeah. a second and just ask when you say you give everything one chance, like, how, do you give a full episode? Do you give five minutes? I give a full episode to a few episodes. I I do understand that first seasons are typically rough. Mm -hmm. So I've always tried to give it some time to air out and breathe. And it's it's even come with some disappointment because they don't always come back. Like I'm a big fan of the one seasoners even Mm -hmm. as well. Like Timber Creek Lodge, like Opry Ski, Mm -hmm. the Jersey Bell, the Long Island princesses or princesses of Long Island and secrets and why that I will give all of the the girls a try. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i and i definitely watch all the housewives i am such a major housewives fan because it's just so there's way so many there's so many characters to get involved with and i really enjoy that so i watch every single city 
Um, I cover every city on my show as, as much as in me lie, like as I, as I can, you know, get it. That's why the episodes are so thick is what I call them. They're yeah. long and thick because there's just, <laughs> just so like we many like things. <laughs> there's just so many of them, especially even right now. So, I, I mean, it's a good problem to have. So I know, you know, I was just thinking about it. It's going to dry up pretty soon because Beverly Hills in New York will be ending. Um, but mm-hmm. it does feel a lot. And I, I only cover three of the shows. Um, the three housewives that are airing. And it's like my buddies at Watch Our Crap Ends, it's like they're covering every show. And it just must be, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It is a lot. I try to do some bonus episodes on shows that aren't, um, you know, as mainstream because I really do watch them all. And I'll even try to cut and paste some things and maybe pre record something. Like I just covered Shaws of Sunset um with okay. my girl stephanie and i had to add it because i mean i needed to talk about it right so wait can we talk about it for a minute too because i just i need to get off my chest too what did you think of that reunion the zoom jesus lord help me i was just like <laughs> father I, god was, in heaven it honestly like phase moment jesus fix it i was so stressed <laughs> i was it was amazing to me that andy was tweeting that um it, they had to cut out a lot of things because of how mean it was, and I was like, "If this what's if this is Shocking. what survived, I right. I don't know, I right. don't know, I don't know how we film another season after this." So, um, and I think that's happening a lot right now on Bravo. But Shaw's was it was a lot to to behold. I had to break it up. Oh, the season! I just thought it was so terrible. Like it was just so negative, so nasty. And yeah, Andy Cohen said that there were things in the reunion that were even worse than what aired. I'm like, how? And then. <laughs> And then even at the end of that reunion, uh, there was like a catch up, like they filmed Reza and MJ talking in like the park or whatever over the phone. And it was clear they were trying to end it on a good note, like that's they wanted the audience to see like an upswing, but they couldn't even really give us that like that phone call was so sad at the end. Um, it just bummed yeah. me out. The whole thing that's, bummed me out. That's hard. I, I felt very strongly like, I don't know. Even if they were my friend of many decades, and that's what we have between those two, I just, I don't know. We're talking about, you know, my reproductivity and possibly someone destroying my marriage. That seems just like a lot to get over. We might want to go ahead and table it. We could just go ahead and put it away. Right. None of them, I don't think they like each other at all anymore. And we're right, just watching so them film a show about friends. <laughs> it's too much. Um, but a lot of these Bravo shows, I, I think you're right. It's like, I'm happy if we start going through some, I don't know if I was saying this on the podcast or what, but it's like, I, I want them to make room for new shows. Cause I too like the new shows when they come on. And I think it's okay if we get rid of some shows that have been around for 13 years. Like I, I'm okay with, I don't know, maybe orange County taking a little breather. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to send it up the river, to be honest. Um, <laughs> OC has been a pain in my side. I just feel like all the start and stops with their filming mm-hmm. uh, definitely feels like the universe is trying to tell them something and maybe they need to slow it down, figure something else out. But listen, I've always been like, there are so many states and there's so many, the same way people didn't know where Potomac is, but I always knew what Potomac was being from the area. And it, I always knew that it was literally one of the richest cities in America by many reports. So it wasn't a shock to me, but the same way it's a surprise to a lot of people that this, you know, city is, has this, you know, wealth and these characters and these fun, crazy things. I'm like, we could be just scouting out other cities. Like, we really can go ahead and make some OGs retire a little bit and rotate them out, and we could have some other things going on. 
And I think that Bravo has always done such a great job of creating stars out of these people. And like you said, no one really knew a whole lot about Potomac. And then we get Karen Huger out of it. You know, it's like we need to find other women and not just trying to hold on to the women that we love. And I always, Mm -hmm. I, I always used to say like, I, I don't want Ramona Singer to go anywhere. And now I'm even feeling like, no, I'm ready for her to go somewhere like off the TV. You know, let's, let's find the next generation of these people. Yes. I often think that the only problem that I have with OGs, like the OG mentality is that when you, when Bravo inevitably tries to create a bigger space where they're more involved with younger crowds or different crowds. And I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. for ad dollars and things like that, that's when OGs though start to get desperate. And we tend to see behavior from like a Ramona, a Teresa, a Nini, even like a Kyle, a Vicky, an LVP, a very, the things we love about them, we're not seeing. And that's mainly Mm -hmm. because they're trying very hard to keep their spot because we've created this safe space, like this nest for them that it could be them will prioritize them over everything. But that doesn't always translate when you are trying to get younger viewerships and younger demos. And I always look at the demos and I'm like, I'm telling you, a 19 year old person that you want to watch New York is going to see a, their mothers getting drunk and crazy. And while that's fine, Ramona coming after someone, for instance, for like their mental health, that's not that's not cute to Gen Z. No, they are not, not that fun. way. They, it's not right. a stigma to them. They're very deeply into the mental health. I mean, millennials are. So mm-hmm. even like Leah's generation. So it seems like you're going to get a lot of desperation to come out when you have OGs who feel threatened for that spot. So I think that it's time that we kind of retire the idea that you can be an OG, but if we tell women like they are going to get a hard out or something after five or six seasons and we're going to make room for new and we're going to constantly refresh, that's new stories, that's new kids to learn. Like, I'm loving learning about Giselle's daughters and how they feel about her getting back together with their dad. That is new. I want new families, Mm -hmm. new dynamics. I love it. The other thing that I think happens on these shows quite often is that when they're first cast, they're doing basically a chemistry test, right? Like they go through all sort Mm -hmm. of casting submissions. They find people who either have an organic connection or uh, they bring people in that, uh, that feel right with the group. And when people start leaving and when these shows get towards, you know, season seven, eight, nine, it's like they're just bringing people in and it throws the whole chemistry off because they didn't they're not casting the show fresh. They're just trying to fit someone into what they already have. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. No, um, it totally makes sense. It's like that one seat has a revolving door and it doesn't always work. Of course, it's not going to work the first season. Right. And it, we're almost you, lucky when it does work. Like when it right. does, it's like, that's a blessing. But it, imagine like Friends or I don't know, any mm-hmm. sitcom where you get rid of Ross and you just try to throw in some new person. It, it like throws off the whole balance and people don't like yeah. it. I, I don't know. The whole franchise is, is wonky after that. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about Potomac. So you're uh, yes. living near the Potomac women, correct? Yes, I was born and raised in the D.C. area. Um, Potomac is in Montgomery County, which is where um, I was born. My parents are from D.C. and it's really regular, regulated as the DMV is what we call it, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. That's why they all live in one of the three. <laughs> um, it's mainly, it's like whatever you can get to on the Beltway. So it's northern Virginia, so not like the whole state. 
Um, but it, it, most people work in the government and which is like all, all government agencies are in DC or Maryland or even Virginia, but mainly in DC and they all live in some kind of suburban area of like Maryland and Virginia. If you're truly like native to the area, you will eventually move out of DC. It's just inevitable. So I grew up um, there my entire life. My parents are from there. Um, I moved to Dallas briefly when I was a kid, but um, in um, middle school. And then we moved right back because there's just no place like home for us. Um, I currently live now in um, Baltimore. Um, My mom just moved to Baltimore because of the water. She just wanted to be close to the water, but also get sick. Vibe. So before we were in DC, DC and it was like all city, but she really wanted like that water aesthetic and stuff, especially during this time. Yeah. It's nice to have some scenic views. So now oh, I'm closer I'm to so Robin, jealous. I'll say. I, I'm so jealous. I, I don't have a yard or anything here. I know it's oh. sunny California, but it's like we have no outdoor space. Um, yes. Uh, but wait, so what's the vibe? What's the vibe of like the city and do they like the housewives of Potomac or do they, you know, cause sometimes you hear in other cities, it's like restaurants don't want them to film there or something mm-hmm. like that. What's the vibe? Yeah. So I actually worked when Potomac was, uh, was first happening. I worked for a restaurant that they told me that Bravo like filled releases and stuff for their restaurant. And um, it was going to be a show. And I was like, wait, what? And at first it was not, a housewife show at all it was, it was like a charity thing yeah so for something or something totally different like a elegance or etiquette or something like that and um they also i know they wanted to do the area around where candace lived that area that county is called pg county and it's one of the largest black populations of like with wealth in all of america it's very mm-hmm. very opulent and very predominantly black but also there's a lot of it's a lot of both there's some you know a lot of wealth and then a lot of not wealth so they, there was something that in the works for that but i guess that didn't work out so when i was there they were like you know bravo will be filming at um the restaurant that's in uh, georgetown in dc and i it's the scene with katie and her at the time boyfriend uh in the season one mm-hmm. and like they're talking i think i think her kid is there and they're oh they're talking about their kids um and that is at my restaurant and i was like i need to work there that day and they <laughs> explicitly told me no and you were a bravo fan already at that point oh right? of yeah, course yeah. i was like are you crazy you mean to tell me there is a housewife coming to my i thought it was a sign that i'm gonna be on the housewives one day i was like obviously because <laughs> what are the chances yeah there's 50 states. What are the odds that it's right. going to come to me? So I was very excited about that. And, and it was not well received. They couldn't do it at the, the place that they wanted to, which is the restaurant also has a space in Potomac, in Potomac, Maryland. There's not a lot of things happening in Potomac. It's a very sleepy city. It's pretty much all just big houses. And um, I'm so fascinated you know. by all of this layout of the city. I feel like I'm learning so much about it. I'm glad, like, yeah. I like, really feel like I'm learning. There's nothing really to do there. I mean, there's some great restaurants, but like, and what they do is like they'll build walkable things around those restaurants, but it's pretty much everything is drivable destination. So they didn't get to film there and that's unfortunate, but a lot of restaurants and stuff weren't too keen on it before, um, but they seem to really be loving it now because all the places that they go now, I'm like, this is 
a, a spot. A nice this is a moment. You know, it's going to be interesting after the pandemic or, or at least when things open up more, um, because I, I don't know how much filming we're going to be doing in restaurants. You know, even yeah. uh, I was talking to a friend about Vanderpump Rules. It's like, I don't, how does that show go on? I mean, I, it'll definitely come back, I believe, but it, it, it's like the whole show is set in a restaurant. And like, I don't know when restaurants are a going to be opening to large capacity. Like it might be able to film there with like no one else in there. Right. Um, but it's just going to look different. Okay. Money. Especially we, right as that restaurant staff. Wow. Right. Right. <laughs> we got to talk about the tagline. So this was the first week with the taglines. And I yeah. uh, just got to say that Robin's tagline, like I had to rewind it. Her tagline is, <laughs> I live in a house of ballers, but I never get played. But the first time I heard it, I thought she said, but I never get laid. Because <laughs> that's That could go with her too. season one. Right. That's true too. <laughs> Um, but that was my favorite. What do you think? What do you make of the taglines? I don't even have them all in front of me, but, um, I just like, I like when they, we get to see them for the first time. It used to bug me when they didn't show them in the first episode, you know, they wouldn't do the taglines for the premiere. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I like, it gives us something like look forward to for episode two. Yeah. I like it. Um, because it's like, well, at first I, I forget that we're supposed to have taglines. So like we'll read about them on Instagram and then I won't see them in action Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, Oh, when we're when we were going to get these so um i actually think potomac taglines are leaps and bounds above a lot of other franchises at least this season i thought they actually did a fantastic job with only a few of them kind of like not really hitting it for me but and that was mainly ashley darby's because i didn't get it at first and i tried to and what was her i I think she just had a baby but and that's the only crap she takes or something like that And I don't know, I was an English major in college, so it was like, I think we're missing a few prepositions to like in between that would make me know explicitly that the crap you're taking comes from the baby and that your baby is crap. Because I mean, obviously you wouldn't say that, but to say like, my new baby is the only crap I take. I'm like, well, hold on. We just need to rearrange some words. Also, you're totally right. But also all of Ashley's stuff, like between the, the shitting and... Um, the tear in the anus. It's just like a lot of, it's a lot of body stuff. And I get it. You know, she's just had a baby, but um, it is, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of blue humor, as they say, when you go blue or what is the. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So the episode opens with Karen and her trainer, Georgie, who's really cute. Um, and Ray comes in the living room and, this relationship between Karen and Ray is is making me so sad. Like, I feel so bad for Karen. He couldn't even say, I love you. She just wanted him to say, I love you, baby. And he oh, wouldn't say it. He's like, She's like, give me three words. And his three words were, okay, okay, okay. It broke my heart. Yeah. I. What I will say is, I... <laughs> You're like, know, it didn't break mine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, like it didn't. I don't relish in the in the pain of any of these women, but I do really much appreciate Potomac being so incredibly open to mm-hmm. the point where it almost like slaps you in the face. Like to see mm-hmm. them talk so much about their family life and what is really going on deeply. Like their individual filming scenes, something actually happens. Like there's not real like Beverly Hills. Happening. Not at all. Like, we're actually here. I mean, how vulnerable must you be to tell, you know, in the very first scene of the opening premiere episode, so arguably the Uh most watched episode of the season, to say that your husband and you, you're actually worried that you might not make it, but you're going to, like, fight for your man and tell that to Monique. I was like, wow, wait a minute. Right. 
you know, uh, Karen's become my favorite housewife across any franchise. Like, I'm just, I'm so into her right now. Like, I find really? everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've also been really loving Dorit lately, but. Um, it's been a hard shift with Dorit. I didn't like her for a long time, and now this season yeah, I'm really same. in love with her. Um, but Karen Huger, she's like right at the top of my list now. And I, I just, who's your favorite? Do you have a fave? I don't have a fave. I mean, for the show purpose, I try to watch all of them objectively as as hard as it may be. No, I don't. Do I that. do try. <laughs> <laughs> I try to at least see things and because I like to stick it to personally, I have feelings about all of them, but right. on the show I have people. I mean, I kind of just go with what's happening in front of me, but Potomac is, it would be difficult regardless because I actually think they all bring something so important to the show. Mm. I just, I know Candace is probably my least favorite liked one. Not right. my least favorite, but my, I don't like her the most. Right. Yeah. Th- this cast is just really balanced in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think mine would be between Karen and Giselle. It would be yeah. between. I know that's like the two opposites, but I actually love both. Of them no, but so you know much. what? I love their scenes. Like a duo scene between the two of them is like my favorite thing. Like I just want she those saved two. the woman when she walked through the oh, house my, at the door. My, wasn't that the best? Was that? <laughs> I not can't the best? get over it. <laughs> also, the mime scene with them together with the mime in the background. I mean, they've just given us so much. I also really love what was it they were when they were on their cast trip and Karen wore the tennis shoes. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yes! Oh my gosh! Yeah. And Giselle said something like, "Do you go to CVS and get those or something?" I, it was just so funny. Oh, when they're fighting in like the resort last year uh, in season four, they were like fighting in the middle in the lobby of the resort, and it just couldn't let it wait any longer. It just their <laughs> dynamic is really something to behold. Oh my goodness! Uh, okay, so speaking of duo scenes, we do get a scene between uh, Giselle and Monique. They're sort of getting along right now. Um, G- uh, Monique says Giselle's much better when she's getting steady D. She says power to the D, and I agree with that. I mean, who among us? Who among us? <laughs> <laughs> like and then what did Monique say? Something to the effect of like that she's getting that not just any D, that's sanctified D. That's what's just like. <laughs> like oh my god, the reads on this show is just like something oh, no. second to none. I, I, I it's something I I agree with Monique. I was like Giselle's probably much better when she's getting holy yeah. D. Same as that same with me too, by the way. Like if I'm <laughs> steady D, I'm a much happier person than when I'm not. And uh, let it be blessed. <laughs> You know, I'm curious to see where this relationship goes because I saw they were. I think Monique was, or uh, Giselle was mad that Monique said something about the man, and then Monique was mad that Giselle called um, her husband "big boy" on social media. So I'm like, I'm curious to see <laughs> where. Really I feel like all of I know. I feel like all of these relationships are shifting so rapidly. Even Wendy and Karen. They, they're not getting along in the episode, but then I saw an interview with Karen before the season started where she said they're just wait and see. They get along well later on. And now I think they're fighting again. And I'm just like salivating yeah. over all of it. Yeah, me too. Because I mean, Karen, I, I, what I love about this franchise is that they get into it quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't obviously, we can't have a first episode where they're knocked down, drag out. That wouldn't make sense. We have no arch. We don't need to draw out all season, Beverly Hills, but <laughs> we need a little bit of build up. And I like with season one, I, I mean, episode one, we kind of already got a little dynamic. I mean, Karen told us right off the bat, I know her. We've been to a couple of events. She didn't act like she didn't know her. Mm-hmm. And she said, I wasn't impressed. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I guess we don't need to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm falling in love with Wendy just from her reaction shots at the dinner later in this episode. I love her. 
Uh, yeah, I'm like, she's her. the best. <laughs> and I am like maybe, maybe I would say a 15 minute walk away from the school that she teaches at. And I, Can you enroll? Uh, obviously, How do I, w- enroll? I really want to, I think I'm not qualified. Like, I don't think I'm qualified because she teaches at Johns Hopkins, which is like one of the best research medical, you know, hospitals and universities ever. And she doesn't teach that. But my God, she's, you (laughs) know, she seems like she's got it all. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She seems like she can read. And then again, those reaction shots. I mean, like, what more can we ask for in a housewife? Yes. I'm very excited. Gorgeous. Her husband seems gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what their dynamic is. He's also a lawyer. I read. So I was just like, okay. Right. You know, we're also getting on Potomac, like a wealthy level of cast member. It seems like on some of the other franchises, we're starting to move away from like the wealth aspect, which is okay. Um, but it is nice to see nice houses. Like I like looking at the house porn, the real estate porn. When I turn on these shows, like I don't want to look at Gina's casita. Uh, yeah, I understand. Listen, I did a breakdown on my podcast to speak of the <laughs> who could possibly be the richest on the Potomac franchise based on their housing values. Because one of the okay. luxuries of living in the area and being here my whole life is I know the housing market in each of their areas. Like, okay, please tell me who is like. Okay, I will. Number one is Monique. Her house is going to be worth mm. the most. Um, she is in Potomac. She's in that zip code. And her house is also one of the biggest ones, of, of course, of the cast. But just simply because of where she is, that is a high one. Karen probably that, paid. That bird's got a lot of room to fly at Monique's oh, place. Oh, yeah. The bird is happy. <laughs> little best like that, T'Challa. Sure. And then Karen is number two just because, again, she bought a home in Potomac. And it's definitely going to cost her the most because of it. Giselle would be number three. She's not in Potomac. She's in a place called Rockville, Maryland, which is actually also insanely wealthy like they, they, mm-hmm. Potomac's not the wealth it's, like, it's one of the wealthiest but it's not the only there's a few around here just simply because you know the government workers and the senators and all the people they look like spread out so but Giselle's knockdown house like I hate to say it but Candace was kind of right it is a million dollar teardown like that mm-hmm. is how much unfortunately it costs to even buy a teardown in that neighborhood, wow. it would be about $900,000. You know, Chip and Joanna Gaines said buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. <laughs> and that's what she did. She got so the fixer-upper. The, the fixer-upper, you know? All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Uh, Mani, we have got to talk about Monique and Charisse. So Charisse apparently started yeah. these rumors. And the rumor Giselle told us in her confessional was that Monique and the trainer were too close and they were out in public together. Have you seen them out in public together? What do you think? 
No, I mean, Monique spends a lot of time in Virginia, and I have wondered a lot why because she doesn't go to the side oh. of things where i think things could happen um you know there, there's like a lot of fun things to do i've always wondered why she spends so much time out in virginia i know they still have their home in virginia and her husband when he was a redskin that is where their training camp is it's in virginia but i'm like girl he's been retired for a minute mm. so now i'm curious as to what the allure and the draw is because for her that is a track it's a bit wow. it's a it's a wow. bit of a drive to be on the side of where Ashley is, because Ashley's also in Virginia, but that's it's farther. But I think wow. we might have another situation, just like Karen with Mister Blue Eyes or whatever. And mm-hmm. I um, just I just wonder about Sharice's mo because that is someone. I mean, Sharice introduced us to Monique, yeah. and then this is the second time that Sharice has been like, well, you know, they have a certain uh, employee or uh, mm-hmm. contractor or somebody in their circle that they employ that they're spending a lot of time with, and. I'm just like, while I and, I don't not buy it, I'm just like, wh- why are we are There's we also in t- ulterior motives when it's a like non-cast member coming in. I mean, I, I'm sure Sharice is still getting paid, but it's like, it, it, these people want the apple or the diamond or um, the champagne glass. You know, like they want yeah. to be part of the main cast. Anyone would. That's the job. Um, I just don't understand what Sharice's MO is. And I have not seen Monique out and about with any man, but I have seen her out and about with her husband. So mm. I don't know if that says anything. Interesting. You know who's not out and about is Ashley because she's got the uh, postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I related. She has a lot going on. <laughs> she's got a lot going on. I related to it so hard, though, when she said. Um, what did she say? When she goes outside, she has she panics. And when I was super depressed, like when I was in sort of my low point, I remember I always used to think of like my safety zones. So uh, the only places mm-hmm. I would feel comfortable going, I, like I was comfortable in my little bedroom apartment, just the one I, I used to live in a studio apartment. I was comfortable in that room and at the grocery store. And I remember if friends would ask me to like go to a coffee shop even or something that I just wasn't like a safety zone for me, I would literally mm-hmm. get filled with panic, fear. And that was when I was sort of at my low point. And it just broke my heart. For, I, I like felt like I related to it. And I just, I, I want her to get better. But I know that feeling of like, it's not my safety's place or it's not a place I'm super comfortable at. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ashley's incredibly brave. I mean, I I chuckled because I'm more so like she has all these things happening with her body parts and and talking about her body parts that are keeping her from also, you know, going outside. But, you know, I've never been a mother, but I I do have both anxiety and depression. That's something called dysthemia. So, um, which is a kind of, it's like a double depression where like my baseline is depressed. And then there are days that I try to get over that. And then there are days where it dips so below it that I'm trying to get back to a place of a base of depression. So I too definitely, I mean, when I walk, I could be in the place that I've been a million times and I will constantly check over my shoulder. It's a lot of anxiety. I And it makes me feel like I'm giving myself safety because that's kind of like how anxiety works, right? It's right. like you think what you're doing is making you safer because you're like, let me keep checking and let me keep mm-hmm. Googling and let me keep making sure everything's okay. And really, it's just causing you to be more and more uncomfortable in your own spaces. Um, and, and that, so that sort of thing in your... I, I always think of my depression as like a little being inside my head that can convince me of anything. So like, it'll convince me that I don't know, someone's evil or that I'm in Mm -hmm. a scary place. It it, it can literally convince you of anything. It's a very powerful thing. Depression. I can't imagine having a kid right now and and, and feeling that I really feel for her. She's very brave for even, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
to do a show, go through postpartum depression. Uh, you just had a baby, like, and not only she had that, a but she's infection, and then all the shit like, with the husband. It's like oh, God. I don't. I mean, I come on. More now. <laughs> no, I mean it's like a lot. Like I don't even know how she's doing it. God bless her, because that's a lot, and I, I, that's why it's like we're really gonna have. It's, I watched the very end um, of the trailer of this first episode and it tells us like what's going to happen the whole season and it's slowly becoming clear to me that i think the whole monique and candace drama that we were all led to believe is like this big draw of the season i think it's going to be like maybe 10 15 of the season right. i actually think we're going to get a lot of their family dynamics there's a lot of cheating going around rumor wise there's a lot of you know uh, ashley's husband is at it again and making us talk about him so i'm curious I- to see can I stop you for a second? I We just talked a little bit about mental health, and I'm always so impressed when people are willing and able to open up so uh, so much about it. Have you always been comfortable just chatting about it? I mean, we, we're just sort of meeting, and I'm so impressed yeah. that you uh, shared it with me. Yeah, absolutely. I am a huge proponent about mental health and getting therapy, getting whatever mm-hmm. help you need. I've been in therapy. Um, I'm coming up on my eighth year and I used to judge people who would be in it for really long times. And I realized, you know, life just literally sucks whether you have something or you don't. There are plenty of times that it doesn't work well for you. And I am a huge proponent of talking to someone. It, It works for me. I talk to someone because, you know, there's a lot of times that my mental health feels like it's a burden and I'm like, I don't want to bombard my friends and stuff with that. But it really, sometimes all we really even need is someone to say, you're right. That does suck. I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. that happened to you. And this person though paid to do it. They're like, it's for them to have no other opinion, but yours and to hear you and be like, you're right. That does suck. So Mm -hmm. whenever they do tell me something like maybe we could do this or maybe we should try this, I believe them because they're not listening to any Mm -hmm. other. They're not giving me any other perspective. They're not thinking about what's going on in their life in relation to mine. They're simply just telling me what they think. So I feel like if I remove the stigma from it from whomever is asking and if I feel comfortable talking about it, other people will feel comfortable talking about it or at least feel comfortable having it or dealing with it. So for me, it's not... It's a big deal, because, but it's such a major part of my life. Like It's literally what stops me from doing things sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I have to say something. I have an autoimmune disease, so it regularly affects my mental health. And that's kind of the point. And so for me, I don't really have an option to not be, you know, open about it. It's never easy, but I feel like, it. you know, if I don't do it, then someone else is not going to you know, feel comfortable dealing with it for themselves. Right. The more we all talk about it, the the more comfortable everyone feels talking about it. I just think it's Yeah, so, and having it. Yeah. You also said like you just sometimes need someone to say like, yeah, that sucks what you're going through. And I feel that way too. Even with even with friends and family when I'm talking about something oftentimes you just want someone to say, yeah, it's shitty. What you're, what's happening right now is shitty. And you don't want them to say, but, or, and. It's yes, like you just want or, them to acknowledge that. You should that. really just try to do this. Or you don't uh-huh. need to change your attitude. It's like, girl, if I could, I would. I wouldn't be talking about this if I could have just changed my attitude. Yeah, sometimes I can't. <laughs> it's hard. Life is hard. Um, okay, so where are we at here in the episode? Uh, so we have um, we have a scene with Karen and Candace at the bar. Uh, it made me laugh that Karen wanted the truffle fries, um, and I think they were like, didn't know if they had honey mustard. <laughs> I don't know. It made me laugh. Like, she's like, that was hilarious. <laughs> she was like, well, so what do y'all have here? You don't have any of the things. <laughs> <laughs> 
also Candace was telling Karen, she's like, I want us to be able to start fresh, meaning her and Ashley. And it's just so funny to me on these shows when it's like, these women can do anything to each other. Like literally Candace pulled a knife on Ashley and was like, I want to start fresh. You know, it's like, in real life, we would all just not talk to that person again. Like, right. Never. But I mean, things are, can be really well motivated when there's a nice little check involved. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I want us to start fresh. Um, okay. Uh, Juan and, um, Juan and Giselle, uh, have a little meeting and, uh, they talk about, uh, Robin and Juan. What do you make of the, um, relationship with those two? Are you happy they're settling down? Again? I'm happy that Robin is happy. I mean, I definitely saw this coming. It's hard for me to hate Juan. I went to his alma mater, their alma mater. He's so beautiful um, too, right? Right. But he's like, I've said this and I had the opportunity, thank God, to say this to Robin. I spent most of my undergrad days getting drunk in front of his jersey because that is how decorated he is at my school. So his jerseys like hang up in the bars and I it's always been there. So it's hard for me to hate him. So but then I also can't I love Robin. I actually think she's hilarious just simply by being there like by being herself and her attitude of like not rushing for shit is amazing to me so i'm happy that she's happy and if that is what makes her happy and it seems like this is what we saw it doesn't feel like it was a a rush decision we saw all last season they were working towards this and now we're here so I'm, i'm happy for them i actually think that it's good for the boys and it's good for robin if it works for them then it works for me right i do feel like the storyline's moving a little slow I mean, in real life, yeah, I get it. It's it's how life works. But I, watching it, I'm sort of like, okay, get married already. <laughs> like, I'm done with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, really glad we'll probably see the engagement this, this season right. with the non-diamond ring. That's no shade. Right. The non-diamond ring. No shade. Yeah. Because um, they, yeah, that was an interesting choice. But I, I want to see why. Yeah. Uh, okay, we do have a scene with Candace where she's peeing on the stick dramatically. And this felt really staged to me. It, it, it actually felt off because so much of Potomac feels more like we're kind of peeking into their real lives. And so this, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know. It just felt a little off to me, but I do like, she's not pregnant. (laughs) Right. I know. I don't like, you know, I just don't want to see it set up. It's like, why were the cameras there? I I don't know. Like, of course, I don't know if I'm making sense. My brain is. No, I I totally get it. It's like, okay, um, we know you're not pregnant. So why are we, having this conversation did you just need to film at home like i get that mm-hmm. they need to do their home scenes but girl try hard like just this is a try hard natural. yeah because yeah. i mean if they're gonna film at your home so you're just gonna pee on a stick because you just thought that it would be a thing but it wasn't because they had a conversation about it and it seemed like she was like we're not at that place yet so then why would you think that you were like i don't know yeah. it just felt very inorganic did christopher come out with that cookbook wasn't he gonna do a cookbook yeah, I don't know. He's always cooking um, in that kitchen. He needs to get in front of the typewriter. He's cooking and... in that kitchen. I would like for him to address. You know, I want to. I want to taste these lovely treats that they all said were so delicious. Mm-hmm. I would love to taste them. I did have the pleasure of going to his quote unquote restaurant, and um, it it How was it was. It was it was overpriced barbecue, but it wow. was it was decent. Um, he is not listed anywhere on the website or. By so wait, name do you think he's bamboozling? Employees. Is he bamboozling us? Do you think he can't cook? I think he he might not be the best. Wow, wow, Monty, wow. 
Um, <laughs> they talk about sex. He he wants sex in the morning and she wants sex at night. Tale as old as time um, with couples, <laughs> I think. Uh, I did miss something that I want to go back to briefly. There was a sit down between Candace and Wendy where they had lunch. Um, and we were just getting to know Wendy a little bit more, uh, the politics and uh, Candace said they had politics in common. And I just have to say that Wendy was doing a lot of puns here. And that was like one little moment where I was kind of on the fence about Wendy. I love her and I'm still very excited about her, but she did a lot of like, I'm a professor and class is always in session and I'm going to read and you're a librarian the way you're reading. Like she was doing mm-hmm. ag- aggressive tagline work or, you know, I, I worry. She was trying to get them sound bites, those quick little gift mm-hmm. moments. Like the Dorinda, Dorinda always does that too. And it's like, she wants to put everything on a fucking mug and then sell it on her, <laughs> her Instagram. And I get yes. it. You got to make a dollar or two. Um, it lets me know Wendy was a fan of the show and she mm-hmm. at least watches housewives. So she wanted to do a quick, you know, little gift moment that would be memeable. And you know what? I can't, though I don't like it, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. That's the problem. <laughs> I would do all these things. I am, I would be worse. So. Right. Um, okay. So the big uh, dinner, Ashley's coming out party, which I thought was a weird choice of words to have uh, for Ashley's party, considering all of the allegations against her husband. Um, <laughs> but they had this, yes. it was like, why do they call it that? I don't know. <laughs> getting um, out of the house would have been my choice yeah get out of the house uh but also if i was in that like depressed place i don't know that i'd want to go to like a cast dinner with everyone and and people that i hate um yeah i would have been like okay own. well why do we have to invite candace i'm gonna get it it was because it was like a group dinner and it's for the show and Had to get that's probably the reason why she went but okay and I don't that, want her there. And, you know, that was, I know, when Ashley was revealing all of her health issues, um, that was when we were getting all these reaction shots. And it was just like cracking me up. Like when Ashley was talking about uh, her, she said, and I quote, surgery on my booty hole. Um, and then she needs Botox in the butt. It was like Wendy's face, oh then Karen's God. face. It was just like, it was perfect TV to me. I was laughing so hard. I don't remember a time that I was like laughing that hard, just watching these women react to, to Ashley. And it almost felt like, I don't know, Ashley knew that she was getting a big reaction out of them. So she just kept going on and like explaining more and more, but it was just cracking me up. Yeah, no, she's uh, the women's reactions to things are some of the best things that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we're technically past, uh, this point, but watching Karen Huger shut the door on the bird with Monique <laughs> and to tell her, so you're going to bring the bird, but not the baby. And I just, her reaction Father was God that of, heaven. I can see my mom and her and my mom are around the same age. And I was like, I, this is my mother. If I brought home a bird, she'd be like, what are you doing with a bird at my house? Like you need to back it up. So I just, I, I, I love their reactions, watching them react to things. And this was no different. I mean, I would react to kind of strangely too. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Someone I don't want anyone to bring Botox on their booty. Oh, right, right. At the dinner table, no less. Hello, uh, before we even get the salad. I know. Uh, um, I was just going to say something and I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. People. It was so probably, no, no, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> I told you my brain's a little mushy today. I'm not really sure why. I just, I had a, a little bit of a bad sleep, but, um, so I'm a little slower than normal, but, um, anyway, where were we at? Okay. So this, uh, this dinner leads them to all talk about sex again. And this was another little funny moment too, because Karen mentioned sex and Wendy, she said, hold up, Karen, you still have sex with Ray 
And then somebody said, I'm not sure, I wrote this down. Somebody said, was that supposed to be an inner thought? <laughs> I, uh, I think so it was. Yeah, it was like. I think it was supposed to be an inner thought. Too. Yeah, of course they still have, she's not dead. Right, Wendy just In let fact, it slip. If, if you know the, the realty, the older you get, typically the old folks home have the largest clients of all the sexual transmitted diseases because mm-hmm. they're all getting it on. Like, they're all getting it on. Right. And Karen is far from an old folks home, okay? So she's still young and looking good to me. It's more of if Ray wants to. <laughs> yeah. You know, my grandpa's passed, but before he passed away, he was at a, a like senior center. And there was a couple that would like do it in public or, or do it like throughout the public areas of the place. So like we would go there oh, for Sunday God. dinners and we'd hear about like, you know, grandpa not saw, a Sunday dinner. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see them doing it, but like everyone would be talking Ooh. like, yeah, they did it in the laundry room or they fucked in the, in the game room. And it's like, oh, this one God. couple was like in trouble because they were going around the whole place, just doing it everywhere. And I, you know, I said, I God bless know them, you I know, praise them or if I should bless them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would get a little annoyed if i was like one of the other residents there and i walked in uh you know to fold my laundry and then uh, uh, <laughs> couples fucking each other but you know what you get it where you get it i guess honestly oh god bless that staff right oh you know what i was gonna say uh on something like new york i know we talked about earlier it's like ramona's much older than leah and it's just like a very uh, big generational divide but karen is older than most of the women on potomac but it it works on potomac for some reason and i i don't know if it's the grand dame of it all um but it doesn't feel forced to me or i I don't know yeah i think because i think that where it ends up being tricky is when like Karen's daughter, at least like that would most relate to these women. She is younger than the Mm -hmm. youngest person on the show. And I think that helps when she feels like they're still within reach of her and not so Mm -hmm. much of her daughter. So she at least doesn't condescend because they're not like 20 somethings. They're at least in their thirties and they have some like level of adulthood to them and like Ashley has a baby things like that so it's a little bit more like she can help mentor them but it doesn't I mean to be fair a lot of what is happening with Ramona is because Ramona is Ramona right so and and Karen is albeit you know a bit of a high horse but she is at least it feels approachable she's more approachable right uh Mani the episode ends with um everyone talking about both the rumors with Monique and Charisse, um, it just sort of setting up a lot of the dynamics. And it, like I said, there's going to be a lot of different feuds going on. It feels like there's so many layered things happening already, and we're only on episode two. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited about the season. How are you feeling about what's ahead? Oh, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I am looking forward to every single moment. I am. I love having a new franchise. I love having new drama. I am this is my these are my people so i'm i'm happy that people are finally on board and that they're really willing to watch i think it's important to you know this is only the second you know per woman of color cast that we have so um at least still on the air um and i'm very excited about that i think that it's time to you know give this it's real fair shot and with the quarantine and everything happening these are it feels like this is brand new brand new because Mm -hmm. we don't know people don't know a lot about these women they don't know everything that there is to know about their families because they're technically still raising them Uh, so 
I enjoy getting to experience life through their eyes and while they're doing it too. So I'm, I'm here for it. I'm and here for it. It seems it. like uh, Potomac has been able to hide a lot of the plot lines. Like I know the Monique and Candace fight kind of got out, um, but it still seems like we have so much other stuff going on, uh, which I'm excited about. And I've heard from so many people over quarantine who said, you know, they binge Potomac. Uh, or or even people who were like, I tried at the beginning, I didn't like it, and then I, I gave it another go, and they're really into it right now. I don't know how you could watch it. You know, I think people should start at season one, but I don't know how you can watch season three, season four, and not just fall in love with these women and this show. Like, it's, it's so brilliant. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's literally, those two seasons are some of the greatest television Agreed. I've seen on Bravo, period. Right. It's just giving us something that the others aren't. It's so. There's one moment in season four that it took my breath away, and I was like, I just think we need to finally give this show its just due. You have to watch it, or else you don't love Bravo. And that, right. that is where I firmly stand. It is when Ashley told um, Katie on that beach, you need to fix the hole between your heart mm-hmm. instead of the one between your legs. And I just... Yeah. Wise words. It felt like poetry. It was <laughs> beautiful. I thought, yeah. this is art. This is a great show. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad. there's people just missing out. Uh, and I hope I hope they're starting to get more on board. It seems like Potomac is really having like a cultural moment, even just on Twitter. It's like, I'm seeing more people tweet about the show and, and be excited about the show. And so, uh, you know, it's just having yes. a moment. And these shows, they, uh, you know, they ebb and flow, but I'm... I'm thrilled, actually, that they pushed back Potomac from the original release date in April when they were going to premiere it. I feel like they made the right decision. It gave people a little bit of a chance to binge it if they hadn't already. And we're like screaming for content now. And it's like we have something good. I was against it before, but now that I see there are more people who are watching it and their premiere actually did perform quite well um, for their premiere episode. Um, it premiered higher in their ratings than most of their last season episodes, which I thought was their best season to date. Mm. Um, so I guess it, it did work itself out. So you are right. And by now I'm like, I'm just I'm enjoying every minute of it. And with Beverly Hills and um, New York ending, this is all that we have left. So if, mm. if you want to watch, if are you, you scared? Want I'm scared. Watch, I'm a little bit scared. I'm scared, yeah. I'm scared as hell. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know because what do we know is like the Dallas and OC are currently filming. I'm just like, okay. I don't even want those anyway, outside of, I pandemic. don't know. But just, I don't know if those were the ones that I wanted to right. risk their lives or the lives of other people to give me content. I, I think I didn't want that. So yeah. I don't know. I, I always loved Dallas until last season and then they lost me. And then orange County. Yeah, That was hard. I tr- I, I sort of feel like I might give up Orange County. Like, I don't know that I can watch. I, I don't know. We'll see when the, I, I'll probably change my mind, but I was yeah, I have thinking. personal reasons as to why I probably won't watch it. And I try to cover everything for, you know, the podcast, but Orange County feels like it's going to be, it's going to be almost too much of a mm. dig for me to the point where it's going to cause me some like mental stress. Right. And I had to give up Vanderpump rules for the same reason. So yeah, you got to say goodbye. I think sometimes yeah. it's hard to say goodbye. And it's time. It's I've, time. I know I've been thinking about what I'm going to cover. Cause I want to do two episodes a week. So I was asking some people, uh, you know what to cover on this podcast and i'm thinking about maybe going to some other show i don't know what because i'll have to wait until beverly hills and new york are over but i'm i'm kind of thinking maybe i'll switch channels maybe i'll cover i don't know something else yeah same i've been like because people have been telling me that they wanted um i'm like a huge selling sunset fan and though it's like so dramatic i love it and the new season just dropped and i am just like 
should I be doing bonuses of this? Should I switch gears? Should we all go in on it together? Like maybe it's like a little club or something right. that started. But I think, you know, we all watch other stuff anyway. So maybe it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, just selling Sunset, I'm so excited. It just dropped. As of this recording, it dropped today. Um, yes. And that's what I'm doing tonight. And I think it's- Yeah, I have plans. I am literally, I'm getting food. I have my food order. It's ready. I set it for tomorrow. Um, it's coming. I'm going to do a nice little walk. I'm going to clean my house. I'm going to luxuriate and mm-hmm. watch that entire season on a binge, like the whole mm-hmm. thing and have a great time. A little self-care. There's also a yeah. great documentary. Um, speaking of things I'm I'm going to watch this weekend, I just want to let everyone know there's a great documentary called Howard on Disney Plus about Howard Ashman, who uh, he passed away from AIDS and he created a lot of the most amazing Disney songs that still live on to this day. Uh, and that's on Disney Plus this weekend. Uh, I also want to mention that I watched a, sh- a movie called Host. I think it was called Host. Um, and it was like a, under an hour. And it's this horror movie that they shot over Zoom, which sounds sort of like stupid, but it was really scary. I watched it last night. If anyone's looking for like a good little horror movie, there's two movies called Host that came out in 2020. But this is the one that's like under an hour on Zoom. And it's it's like fucked up. But it'll, it'll scare you. It gave me a little bit of nightmares. Ooh. That's why I didn't sleep that great last night, Monty. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I guess it did its job. It's proof that it can. So tell me about your podcast. Tell listeners where they can find you, all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have a show called Mixing with Monty. As you said, um, it is available anywhere you listen to this podcast as well. Um, I cover your favorite Bravo shows and talk some other hot topics and stuff. The, The kind of the twist is that it's coming from the perspective of a black woman. I can't hide it. It's who I am and it's how I see the world. And I see the world a little differently sometimes than of the women who were on my screen, but that's never shied me away from wanting to watch those shows. And it's kind of where I get, you know, on my soapbox of like, you can watch shows about women and people that don't relate to you or that you don't think you look like or whatever. Cause listen, I do it every day. So um, I try to focus on the characters and the plot and get into, you know, what I think, and kind of dissect it a little bit and um, figure out why this is happening without it being too serious. The, the whole purpose is do other stuff, maybe get a little drink or something while you listen. And because nine times out of 10, that's what I did to, to do it. Um, <laughs> Wait, do you drink, do you drink a, when you record? Do you have a little I coffee? surely do. Yes, yeah. I do. I have a little sippy sip, um, especially when I have someone come on. I, 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 like, I like a nice bubble. I like um, a champagne. So I have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a good time and I like to keep it shady, but never have. Katie. Right. Um, I like to have fun, but you know, things that we're all thinking and saying. And of course you can lo- locate that by just searching mixing with Monty and on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at mixing with Monty, M I X I N G W I T H M A N I. And it is so nice to get different perspectives, perspectives on these shows. It's like, yeah, different opinions. I think, um, there's a lot of us that, uh, recap these shows and talk about Bravo and stuff, but you know, it's good to hop around and see what you like and, and try yeah. new shows and all of that. And so I encourage everyone to go subscribe, go rate and review, uh, listen to Mixing with Monty. And uh, and did you mention your social media too? Yeah, it's pretty much all the same right. at Mixing with Monty. Monty, this was such a delight. Thank you so much for coming on Everything Iconic. I'm so glad we got to do this. Iconic. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to support Everything Iconic, you can go to the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, 
you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month, and I'm currently recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. Um, but there's other... Uh, I recapped the first episode of The Real Houses of Potomac, the pilot, um, and all sorts of other random episodes on there. So check that out if you want to support the show. Uh, and if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, you can go to everythingiconic.store, uh, t-shirts, books, wine glasses, all sorts of stuff. So that that is that. Mani, thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully thank we'll get to do this again me. soon. Yes, please, absolutely. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Yes,